We're to be filled with not ourselves, but Christ. We're to think on Him, not yourself. The command, verse 3, is to think so as to have sound thinking. Now look at that, verse 3. I say to every man among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Don't think too much about yourself, but to think so as to have sound judgment, sound thinking. He uses the same term. Think not highly of yourself, but think with saved thinking, preserved thinking, sound, healthy thinking, Christian thinking. Welcome to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, Sound Thinking. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. Now take your Bible and turn to Romans 12, the 12th chapter of Romans. It ought to just fall open there by now, huh? (laughs) But we've been several weeks in this great statement, verse 1 and 2 of the Christian's life. I mean, in our duty in light of all that God has done for us. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now, we want to look at verse 3 this morning. Uh, Really, verse 3 to the end of Romans 16. The rest of Romans, what is it, five chapters, are going to explain, are going to flesh out what we've been challenged to in verse 1 and 2. Look what God has done for you, 11 chapters. Think of what you have in Christ. I urge you, brethren... By the mercies of God, give yourself wholeheartedly to Him. What will that look like? Well, we've heard the comprehensive and I think perhaps the best statement in Scripture, verse 1 and 2. But now he goes into detail. And you know, we've enjoyed verse 1 and 2 because we have the rest of the Scripture to go to. And it kind of summarizes so much, but now the rest of Romans fleshes it out. And if you want to think of the big picture, and I think it's helpful to, even in chapter 12, you can think of verses 3 through 16, practical righteousness in relationship to other believers. Verse 1 and 2, practical righteousness in relationship to God at His disposal. What does it mean to be righteous in our lifestyle. Give yourself to Him. Now, verses 3 through 16, what does it look like with other believers toward one another? And then verses 17 through 21, practical righteousness uh, in relationship to unbelievers. 
What about the world we live in? So chapter 12 is, is comprehensive in many ways, uh, and it's, of course, a great introduction, really, the whole chapter to the rest of Romans. But after this great statement of our responsibility to God, verse 3 begins with a call for humility. For through the grace of God given to me, I say to every man among you, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but think so as to have sound judgment. It's significant that he begins here. Paul even models, as he says it, what he's calling for. Notice he says, through the grace given to me. Everything I have is of grace. He doesn't say, I, Paul, as the apostle of the Gentiles, command you to not think too highly. No, he didn't say that. He says, through the grace of God given to me, I say to you. It's a call to humility. Humility is to be the earmark of Christians. Not to think too highly of ourselves. I mean, look at this whole section. Look at verse 3. And then glance down to verse 16. I, I like to think of them as the border verses to this paragraph. He says, don't think too highly of yourself in verse 3. And when he summarizes it, verse 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Don't be wise in your own estimation. Uh, everything in between ought to be governed by this thought. Don't think too highly of yourself. And how could we if we really heard Romans 1 through 11? And yet there's this need, this constant need. And it's interesting to me that Paul begins here as he starts to flesh out what does a Christian life really look like. He says, don't think too highly of yourself. Don't be wise in your own estimation. I think the, New, the Old Testament parallel, you know, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. You know, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make your paths straight. Now it's a call to right thinking. Look at verse 3. I say to every man among you not to think more highly than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound thinking. That's what sound judgment is. It's a compound with that same word, phreneo. It's thought. It's mindset. It's what the way you look at things. It's forming an opinion. And he says four times. I mean, you can see he's, he's on this subject. Look down at verse 16. Don't be haughty in mind. Use the same term. <laughs> but associate with the lowly. Don't be wise in your own estimation, have the same mind, have the same, the oneness of mindset or thought. So he uses the term four times in verse 3, two times down in verse 16. And I'll tell you, God is very concerned how you and I think. Christianity is not some sort of mindless emotionalism. It's thoughtful worship. It's thinking and then living accordingly. 
It's realizing and mind, you know, getting your mind renewed. It's thinking right thoughts about God instead of wrong thoughts. By nature, we think wrongly about God. But as we come to Christ, we realize who He is, then the Christian life is growing and in our thought process. It's renewing our mind as He said. In fact, look at verse 1, 2, and 3 and watch how He sets this up. It's interesting to me. Verse 1, He said, listen, give yourself to God. It's the only what? Emotional thing to do, right? It's just what you feel like doing. That's not what he said. Remember that? It's the only logical thing to do. It's your spiritual service of worship. That's the way they translated the word that we get logical from, rational. Given what Christ has done for us, the only logical thing to do is to give ourselves to him. And then verse 2, don't be conformed, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. We're to think new ways. We're to renew our mind in the Scripture. And then verse 3, four calls to thinking, sound thinking. Now, why start here? Because a biblical principle, Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinks within himself, so he is. Our thinking determines our living. I mean, what you really think about life will determine how you live. Your real mindset, if we could really get to it. And we might say things, but, you know, as you get to know a person, you hear them say a lot, but you get to know them and you start to know what they really think because you see it fleshed out. And we know those closest to us. We know what they think because we live with them. We see uh, as he thinks within himself. So he is. Your thinking is absolutely crucial. That's why in Romans 8, when he's talking about this spirit-filled life, he talked about a mindset. He said the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit, you know, and we use that term, and we ought to. I mean, it's it, we use it just that way. What's your mindset? What's your thinking on this? Have this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. You remember Philippians 2? Great parallel statement to this. Have this attitude is the way they translated it, but it's the same term. Have this mind, have this mindset. Think this way, like Christ did, who, although he was God, didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. And there's this great call to Christian humility. Now, notice, look at verse 3. It's not just general thinking. It's a specific instruction as to how and what to think about ourselves. About ourselves. In other words, he's addressing here self-opinion, self-thinking, self-value, self-esteem, if you will. And boy, we're good at that, aren't we? Our society is obsessed with self. We're always thinking about self. Well, Paul gives instruction here. God says, here's how I want you to think about yourself. Here's what I want you to think. I'll tell you, we had to listen up because we live in a world just permeated with self and thinking about self. And You know, you, you can learn a lot about where we're at by listening to those experts. And I use the term, usually I use it kind of... Uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek when I use the term expert. But I'll tell you, you can listen to the experts by listening to advertising because there's money behind it. <laughs> they study you and me. 
and the rest of our culture, to know what makes us tick so that they can get at our wallets, you know what I mean? And so you listen to the advertising, and it is (laughs) self-centered. You deserve a break today, (laughs) you know? Do it for yourself. You heard that new one? I hear them a lot during the October, you know? Baseball's on, and I'm either in the radio or the TV quite a bit. So I'm hearing a lot of advertising. And uh, you hear the two guys are probably about my age talking about, what did you think about life when you were younger? Ah, you got a kid in college now. Man, ugh. And they've done the study, and they've found that my age group is the one to really hit for the BMWs, you know? So they say, what did you think about... Did you plan? No, I wasn't even going to get married when I was back that age. But here I am. I've been married a gazillion years, and I've got a kid in college. Well, isn't that something? And you hear this conversation. Like, what are they after? But finally it gets to, I thought I'd do a lot of things I haven't got done in life. One thing I thought is I'd have a something besides a family car. <laughs> and then they say, why don't you finally treat yourself to a real car? And it's effective. I went out and bought a BMW. No, I didn't. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? They know where we live. They know what we want or what they want us to want. And they go after you and self. Because that's the way the world thinks. And uh, sadly, that's the way the church thinks. You can hear an awful lot of Christian leaders, Christian books, Christian sermons on the need to get the right self-opinion. Self-esteem, to think about yourself. But sadly, I say it's sadly because it's not following Romans 12.3. We have followed the world in this just like we have in so many other areas. Christians have, I'm saying. And I'll tell you, Paul warns not of low self-esteem. You guys aren't thinking of yourself enough. No, he warns immediately. The first thing, don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think too much of yourself. And yet we're told in sermon after sermon after seminar after seminar, I mean in the church now, that the problem with us is that we don't have a high enough self-esteem. And we've started to believe it. And your average Christian kind of thinks that way. Because as you hear it repeated and a Bible verse pasted on it here and there, pretty soon you start to think, whoa, we've got to think more highly of ourselves. That's the key to everything, is to think more highly of ourselves. I'll tell you, it's epidemic today. It's epidemic. And to talk about low self-esteem is immediately thought of as negative, isn't it? And yet Paul says, associate with the lowly. Have the same mind. Don't be wise in your own estimation. I'm reading verse 16 now the summary of his his paragraph. And then you come back to verse 3, the beginning of it, and he says, listen, don't think too highly of yourself. That's sad to me, but it's so permeated. And you say, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. It's everywhere. In fact, Romans 12, 3, this statement that says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. This beginning call for humility is more often than not, when it's used today, twisted around to mean the opposite. I've heard quite a few messages on self-esteem where the author of the message, you know, whether I'm reading it or hearing it, the speaker or the author says, remember what Romans 12.3 says, don't think too highly of yourself, 
but think does have sound judgment. And don't think too highly of yourself, and don't think too lowly of yourself either. Think rightly about yourself, but don't think too high or too low, and then they camp on too low, and it's not in the text. It doesn't say that. But they camp on that side of the false quote of the verse, and they're off and running. Don't think too lowly of yourself. You're God's kids. God died for you after all. And they're... And all these things that are said are said in a way to build you up in your thinking. It's a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. I submit to you that it's a misinterpretation, it's a misapplication of gross proportion to take verse 3 and talk about balancing between high and low thing. Don't get too low in your thing. Oh, yeah, I suppose some get too high, but don't you get too low. Most people today think too lowly of themselves. No, no, the Bible doesn't say anything like that here. Turn over to Proverbs 26 for a minute. Proverbs 26, the book of wisdom, you know. And I'll tell you, it's a, a fool that doesn't listen to God's word on this. And we need to hear it. And we don't want to be foolish but it's interesting, and I'm going to read, uh, very seldom in Proverbs do you come to a subject, you know. Proverbs are usually like a string of pearls. Uh, one thought, another thought, and another thought, and you, you can just take them, look at the pearl. But listen to a few of them strung together on a subject. Verse 1, like snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without cause does not alight. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Answer a fool as his folly deserves, lest he be wise in his own eyes. He cuts off his own feet and drinks violence who sends a message by the hand of a fool. You get the theme here? <laughs> Fools don't come off very well. Verse 7, like the legs which hang down from the lame, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Useless. Like one who binds a stone in a sling, so is he who gives honor to a fool. It's like waving a, a loaded gun around. You know, the sling is loaded, the stone's in there. If you give honor to a fool, you're, don't do it, he says. Like a thorn which falls into the hand of a drunkard, so a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Like an archer who wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool, or who hires those who pass by, who just says, I don't care what kind of employee I have, I'll just hire this. Don't do that. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Now, I don't think we can miss it. God is saying something about the fool here. Okay? Now, in my Bible, it just so happens that that's the end of the page, verse 11. I turn the page, and verse 12, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? Do you see a man with high opinion of himself? Do you see a man with high self-esteem? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Whoa, he set me up. Even the typesetters set me up. Yeah, I got to the end of the page, and I digest about this fool thing. And then he says, do you see somebody that thinks highly of themselves? Proud? Wise in their own estimation? There's more hope for a fool 
than for him. Are we on an important subject? Oh, yeah. Pride. High self-esteem is very epidemic and very dangerous. It leads to a lack of fruitfulness. God is opposed to the proud, and He's the source of all fruit. He's the vine. We're the branches. We've got to abide in Him. And He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He might exalt you at the proper time, because God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It leads to a spiritual dryness. I think of uh, how often Christians lose that sense of real relationship, real communion with their Lord. Jesus said, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if you obey me, I'll come and make my abode with you. And my Father will and His Spirit will. The triune God will dwell with you. And that's the key. That's John 14 leading into John 15, the fruitfulness. But, you know, oftentimes, because we get thinking too highly, we lose that kind of fellowship with the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 57 says this, Thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, who is the high one, who is the exalted one, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place. And also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. You want real communion with the high and exalted one? You get down low. That's where he lives. He lives in a high and holy place and also with the lowly and contrite to revive the spirit of the lowly. He's looking not for high-minded ones, but for low-minded ones. I'll tell you, it leads to a lack of fruitfulness. Pride does. It leads to spiritual dryness, and eventually it leads to depression. And one of the reasons we have such depression in the body of Christ today is because we've believed this lie that our problem is that we're thinking too lowly of ourselves. We've got to prop up our self-image, prop up our self-esteem. No, I'll tell you, we're to be filled with not ourselves, but Christ. We're to think on Him not yourself. The command, verse 3, is to think so as to have sound thinking. Now look at that, verse 3. I say to every man among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Don't think too much about yourself, but to think so as to have sound judgment, sound thinking. He uses the same term and he puts a prefix on it. Phreneo, this thought for thinking, mindset, and then he put sozo on front of it. That's the word for saved. Think not highly of yourself, but think with saved thinking, preserved thinking, sound, healthy thinking, Christian thinking. You've been listening to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled Sound Thinking, a message from our series in the Book of Romans. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to downtownbible.org. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience.
We're thrilled to announce the publication of a new book written by Pastor Scott Gilchrist. It's called A Brief Exposition of Romans. It's a 266-page chapter-by-chapter commentary on Romans that we're sure will enhance your understanding of this critical book in the New Testament. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other online booksellers. But during our study of Romans, we'd like to send you a copy as a thank you for a gift of any amount to the ministry of Downtown Bible. You can find us online at downtownbible.org or by mail at P.O. Box 19191, Portland, Oregon, 97280. We'd love to put this valuable resource in your hands. If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us for our live online Sunday worship service at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. You can find us live on YouTube by searching for SW Bible Live or go to swbible.org and click on Live Stream. We also broadcast the service live on the radio on True Talk 800 a.m. It's best to check the 800 a.m. program guide for up-to-the-minute schedule adjustments. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. Think with saved thinking. Think like a Christian thinks with delivered thinking. Before Christ, we were what? Self-absorbed, self-occupied, selfish, looking out for number one. We are now to have Christian thinking, sound thinking. What does it look like? I mean, how do you, how do you get it? I mean, how can I think rightly? Where do I get sound thinking? How am I going to find, you know, the right self-appraisal? Where are you going to find this? I'll tell you where. In the scripture. That's where. The epistles. Remember, these, and these verses are not separated. I mean, I'm glad we spent all the time we have in verses one and two so that three just flows right out of it. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember that? Metamorpho, changed from the inside out. Join us again next time as we continue our series through the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings part two of the message titled Sound Thinking. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. 